AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new Season 2. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A professional dominatrix is a person who provides BDSM services in exchange for money or other forms of compensation. A dominatrix typically takes on a dominant role in a power exchange dynamic with their submissive partner who is willing to submit to the dominatrix control and authority. During this week's episode, my guest will be sharing her insights, stories, and expertise as a professional dominatrix. In addition, we will discuss the role of communication, consent, and negotiation in BDSM and how these practices help to ensure a safe and fulfilling experience for everyone involved. To my guests, thank you so much for coming on the show. How you doing? How you feeling? Thanks for having me. It's a blessing to be here. Yes, blessing. Come on now. Well, before we start with your story, I want to get your opinions on a few things. What are some common misconceptions or stigmas surrounding kinks in the Black community? Ooh, I was not expecting to be asked that question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Um, what I would say is one of the most common things, um, especially within our community, mm-hmm. especially with BDSM being so taboo, um, I would have to say is that people would assume that men in this lifestyle or people in this lifestyle are number one, weird. Mm-hmm. Number two, they would automatically assume that if a man is submissive to a woman, that that makes him homosexual. Mm-hmm. That or is weak. A big, yes, or weak. Right. Or beta male, or he's a simp, blah, blah, blah. First of all, a simp is somebody who goes after someone and does not get what they want out of that person. Right. This is a, a consent. This is a total power exchange and a mutual, mutually consensual benefit for both parties. They're walking away with something. Mm-hmm. But um, I I mean, I understand, uh, especially with the topic of sex and number number one and number two, BDSM being so taboo, because, I mean, you think about it. If you think about like men in a barbershop, they're talking about bitches. Excuse my French. Oh, no, we, we, we get it all. Sport. Bitches and hoes and shit. OK. Right. They're talking about bitches, hoes. They're talking about, you know, popping bottles in the club with sneakers they got to wear, uh, sports and everything. They're not Scamming. talking about, hey, I just got bent over by this woman who I'm never going to see again. And I gave her like a piece of my salary for it. Like they're not discussing that amongst right. each other. So, But do you think we're going to ever get to that point where niggas going to be speaking about that shit freely? Uh, you know what i think eventually we will it's already starting i mean sex one of the and especially within you know sex work one of the oldest occupations but for some reason it's just super taboo and like people do not want to discuss it Um, and sex work is a big umbrella first of all um it does not require conventional intercourse as like other people want to go ahead and think about it that way and a lot of people are missing you know they they're like okay well do you have sex with your clients and i'm like no 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 um i'm doing the bending i don't bend over you know respectfully <laughs> i'm breaking but, the back nigga. <laughs> there are a lot of men who have been i want to say pretty open about their experiences either with a dom or with themselves or you know what hmm, my kink level is evolving i right. thought i was into this until i was introduced to something that I thought was weird. And now I actually like it and enjoy it. And now I can tell people, can't tell too many people, but it's, it's beginning to be normalized. And I run a house on clubhouse that's called fetish and it stands for furthering education to incorporate sexual health. Yes. We have a healthy conversation regarding uh, sex positivity, all things kink and fetish related. Um, and it's just literally a chill out spot for mature adults to talk about sex and kinks and fetishes and BDSM within a, a healthy space. Right. Rolling aloud or anything like that. And I think having spaces like this and amongst other ones and different podcasts, like Horrible Decisions and like. Which uh, is our sister podcast. I love them to pieces. Shout out to them. <laughs> they're coming to Atlanta um, eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think with more groups, with more podcasts, with more people speaking open about these topics that are taboo, it'll make people think like, okay, I'm not weird for liking what I like. It's just my preference. It's my right. choice. Nobody has to yuck my yum. So I think with these types of groups and just people just talking about it more, it'll answer some questions that people are afraid to ask. Listen, that's how I know you work with white people. Because only white people say, <laughs> Don't yuck somebody else's yum, baby. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> now, do you think that the media does a good job or representation and showcases the diversity of sexual purposes and kinks within our community? 
Oh, these questions are good. <laughs> Come on, now, I gotta get my Oprah on. We're gonna get to Carisha later on. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Um the media does not do, I mean, I wanna say that it's evolving, but it's kind of, kind of sort of not. Like honestly, when you turn on the TV nowadays, you will see some insane shit and be like, what the hell? Like this right. is really on air. But I post a picture of my feet and this is my third Instagram. It has gotten flagged and gotten deleted. So it's certain things that it's just like, okay, we can push the line and doing this, but oh, that feet, that is just right. That's that's worship. Oh, that's a problem. So I know when I first thought about being in this lifestyle, I was naturally, I don't want to say naturally submissive. I can kind of say I was naturally submissive mm-hmm. as a child. Because I was brought that way. I was like, I was brought that way. I was taught that way. I was the only child. Mm-hmm. I did not have any brothers or sisters. Um, I have family that are adopted that mm-hmm. I've grown with. And uh, I have cousins and everything. But when I would watch shows, I was into, you know, regular kid shit, regular girly shit. And right. then when I was the Players Club, when I saw the scene with Ronnie is spanking the cop on the ass. And I'm like, oh, this look kind of fun. Right, right. <laughs> And I'm looking like, well, but the police is supposed to protect us. Like, they're not supposed to be getting nah, paid. Ronnie was protecting us, child. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, wow. Um, but, I mean, if you look in media today and when you hear of a dominatrix or when you see one, like, you see me right now. Like, I have, like, my hair in a bun. I got a T-shirt on. When it's time to put on the latex, mm-hmm. I'm there to put on. When I look on TV and I see other women who are doing the same things that I'm doing, I don't see enough of us. Right. I don't see a lot of us at all. Well, I don't see y'all at all. I see white women. Yeah. I And when you Google dominatrix, mm-hmm. you will see nothing but white women. Mm-hmm. And it took me really, I mean, I'll go into the whole story eventually about how I became and an, a dom and everything, like right. a little player when you ask and everything. But it's not a lot of us being represented a, a lot. Like it's, it's a little discouraging. However, I do know that the general public probably would not be looking, probably wanting to hear some sex stuff, some sex worker story, which is unfortunate to say due to it being stigmatized. But it's just, I, I feel like if people knew that we were multifaceted, Absolutely. And that we had actual vanilla jobs. Like, I have a vanilla job outside of here. I work in tech. Right. I wasn't able to go ahead and work into tech without being a sex worker because that's how I paid for school. Right. So a lot of people are like, wow, like, you know, people don't have this Madonna whore complex where they put women into two categories. Like, Mm -hmm. women are not a monolith. We can do a lot of things. And... I know I kind of got off on a tangent on your t- on your no, question, no, you're good. but it's it's not a lot of us. Um, I think you make a good but, point as well because I feel like only black sex workers, and I can be wrong, but I have a lot of friends that are sex workers, and I feel like their pages are constantly being deleted nonstop. My TikTok was deleted too, and yeah. mind you, when I searched those same hashtags that I was using under my pictures and videos that had no nudity, right? Palm color people, no offense to y'all, but y'all shit was still up there. Right. My shit got clipped. I said, oh my God. Wow. So yeah, I really feel like when it comes to us, uh, the media frowns upon it due to our color of our skin. And that's because our pages are constantly being taped. Right, right. Now, how were you introduced to the lifestyle of BDSM? So back in 2012, mm-hmm. I was dating a preacher's kid. And I did not know that he was into the lifestyle at all. Um, I started preaching kids, baby. 
Yeah. And I mean, when you look at us like night and day, mm-hmm. um, I was 23, well, 22 going on 23 at the time. And I was just my regular 22-year-old self, you know, going out here drinking and everything like that, having fun, blah, 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 in college and working, blah, 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 got my own money. What be doing on a Friday night? And him, he was just so, you know, just very soft and very coy. And, and, you know, I'll do anything for you. And you are so sweet and special. Had flowers every other day. He was the type of person where he took off his jacket and put it over a puddle and you would walk over it. Like on some, you know, some movie shit. Right. I was just like, your ass well, didn't want that. <laughs> yo, you cannot make bitches happy, yo. <laughs> like, um, excuse my French, but you know, are you you know, and, you right, know, I'm right. at the time. I'm like, you know, I wasn't used to men being so catering towards me. Right. And he was just like, Well, um, I do think that you're wonderful to be around. He was just like, definitely the opposite from, you know, people that I dated. However, when it comes to women, you know, I put women on a pedestal. And I'm like, okay, you just saying that because you got three sisters. He's like, no, 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 it goes beyond that. Like I, I am into um FLR. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, right. like you okay? He said, No, and it stands for female-led relationships. Mm. which is a dynamic within the BDSM community. So he lets me make decisions. I am the authoritative figure. Um, I am the person that he looks up to for anything. He wants me to pick out his clothes. He wants me to tell him how to dress. Any sort of executive uh, decisions come through me. If I say that we are hungry or I am hungry, we are hungry. If I go to the bathroom, we go to the bathroom. If I want to put on a pair of high heels, you're helping me put them on. Like different things down to the T and he was high protocol with it. Um, so I was just like, I'm not sure how to feel about that because I'm so used to men, you know, taking the lead and right. he wants me to do this. So he was just like, I got you done. So he introduced me to his ex-girlfriend, which I kind of thought was awkward, but he told me that his ex-girlfriend was a dom. Mm. Um, and she was black. And I had mm. never seen a black dog like prior to that. I'm like, you be beating at this? And she was just like, it's more than just beating it. Like, so <laughs> she, um, I paid her for her time and um, she had me read some books. Um, I also got into cam work mm. from her. Um, so I started doing webcam at night, making money in order to pay to shadow her, like either individually like with her teaching me material or like hands-on when she, when I would accompany it to her to like a scene or a session or like you know a not to cut you off yes. that was really nice of her because I mean even though you pay her a lot of people wouldn't put people on game no you know what I'm saying so that's a real one right there I feel like I'll forever be indebted to her right um, and she's she's wonderful um, and that was back in 2012. And then from 2012 to 2018, mm-hmm. I decided to learn and practice. I had moved to Georgia in like 2015. So our relationship like kind of like ended with the physical, like as far as um, me going to her for services. I would reach out occasionally from time to time, but she was just like, I think you got it. Um, and me and the, the guy that I was dating had already broken up for like a totally different reason. Nothing's wrong with him. Right. But um, I moved to Georgia and I was already dating someone else. But I feel like um, I'm trying to find this book that she gave me. Oh, it's called The Dark Psychology and Gaslighting Manipulation, Mind Control, Techniques for Influencing Human Behavior, How to Camouflage, Attack, Influence, yeah. and Defend Yourself. So 
You about I to have that, the listeners also, going crazy. <laughs> I also read, I'm I'm an observer. I have RBF naturally. I have rest and bitch face. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm not happy or I'm not observant or that I'm just like high all the time. I mean, granted, I'm high maybe like 80% of the time, but I'll be watching people. So I decided to study the, um, and I read a book called The Ritual of Dominance and Submission, A Guide to High Protocol Dominance and submission and that helped me pretty much gain the type of clientele that I want because um I don't service all people and I also don't service all sessions or kink or fetish types like I have hard limits myself mm-hmm. so I had to learn that I had to learn what I like I had to find my niche and then I had to make sure that I found an audience that I was actually able to cater to an audience that would be listening right or at least watching so I was spending 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. every day doing mm. camp work and doing different types of camp work. And I know you're probably like, damn, you're up late at night. Yeah, because that's when people put their kids and they wife to sleep. Like, yeah, this is the time that they're time. able to get on the phone and get on Chatterbait and Camp Soda and my free camps. Right. And do what they need to do and release. And some of the sessions, well, majority of them would be feet related. I have mm-hmm. my feet out all on my Instagram. <laughs> Um, some of them would be me, um, would be, uh, doing ASMR. So I would be reading in a soft voice to the AB, um, DC community, which is the adult baby diaper community. Wow. Um, they like when I read them bedtime stories and they would pay me or, you know, send me tokens on the app in order to read their specific one. I would branch them over to Skype sessions. I would do, I also do in-person and virtual. I still do these things, but not on cam anymore because I'm just busy as fuck. Like, right, right. I'll refresh my inbox and I'll see that someone booked a session or inquired about one. And I'm like, all right, now I got to take time out of my day to do this and that and this and that. So, and I also mentor other baby doms who are trying to get started. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Since 2018, I decided to pursue FINDOM, which mm-hmm. is financial, financial dominatrix, mm-hmm. and PRODOM, where it, which is professional dominatrix services, since I'm servicing people in person. Mm-hmm. And I saved up enough money for me to pay for me to go to school. Well, hold so on, slow down, slow down. Slow down, slow down. Slow down, slow down. Slow down. No, wait. So what if, where are some of the services that you provide? Because like, I know you do a lot. Yes. 
sissification, uh, pegging. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, I pretty much do everything except for scat. What's um, that? Nope, not jazz. Scat is shit. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so when it, but I do water sports. So I will pee on you for a fee. But mm-hmm. I do not do scat. I do not do knife play. Um, and I do not do needles. Needles? Medical. Yeah, there you can get pierced as a. Oh, wow. I'm just um, so surprised at how taboo this is because I feel like, and maybe because I just have people that's in this lifestyle, but I feel like this is so common. I feel like kinks is forever growing. It is. And you know what? I tried to touch base with like some people that I've either had one session or multiple sessions with down the road because, you know, kinks change. Your limits right. change. Or what you're into definitely changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. Are we good? They're like, oh, yeah, it's just busy and everything like that. Um, but I actually wanted to explore something different because I saw a clip that you posted on Twitter and you did that with someone else. Can we try that? And I'm like, oh. I didn't know you were into that. But right. absolutely. So aside from pegging, I do trampling, sissifications, I give wedgies. Um I am wedgies a spank, is a king. So yes. Um I do spank. Um I am into the 1950s uh housewife role. Um, mm. but I do like <laughs> it's 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 different. Into late uh, latex, into uh leather and PVC clothing, uh flogging, caning. Uh, pretty much everything under the sun. Um, mummification is something that is um What's a that? Mine. I um restrict you. Um, and the one that I recently did, I don't know. There's a Twitter video going viral right now where this man is in like a box, and he is being like all the air, all the air is being sucked out of it. So you just see the imprint of his silhouette, and like there's like a tube in his mouth for him to breathe. Wow. So I kind of do something similar where I wrap you in saran wrap because that's what I can't get right now, the the uh, commercial uh, size saran wrap. Right. And I will take out a pole for you to breathe either by mouth or by nose, but also your penis. And either I'll step on it with my shoe or I will step on it barefoot or I will milk you into an orgasm or forced orgasm or edging and you can't do anything about it. Y'all, I wish y'all can see my guest because how she look and how she sound is not matching up with the images I have in my head. She looks so soft-spoken, well put together. Like, and she is up her smashing niggas' balls, y'all. Like, it is. I love you. Yeah, like, it's so crazy. Like, I can't even see you, like, going in. I can't even see you breaking a nigga back in. Like, I dressed like this on purpose today. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, it's been a wild ride. It's been a wild journey. I will say that the men that are in this lifestyle are, and women, because I do service women too. And mm-hmm. I actually have um I have a daughter, but she's not someone who I birthed. She is a little, so she engages in age play. She's 27. Wait. But she identifies as a between the ages of zero and two. So she is a little. No, uh, no. You know what's so funny? I because I did my research on you, and I'm like, oh, I, the devil. She just texted me. To <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, because I mean, we're jumping ahead, but one of my questions was, how do your family and friends feel about you being a professional dominatrix? And I was going <laughs> to ask you after that was about your daughter. But when I went to her page, I'm like, well, wait, my guest looked like she in my age group, and your daughter looked like she a little bit younger than us. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> 
Yes. So she identifies between the ages of zero and two. She has been in the lifestyle for eight years. She met her daddy, Dom, who was a girl. They have been in a relationship for eight years. Um, They met on a porn site. Wow. Yeah. So love at first uh, megabyte, I guess. And then for about a, uh, for about maybe six months to a year, I didn't know this, but she told me she had been looking through my tweets because she was looking for a mommy dom. And she had been going back to my tweets all the way back in 2009. Wow. Like that's how much she vetted and studied me. And then she approached me via DM on, on Twitter. And that was five months ago. And the rest is history. She just fit, helped me. Um, well, she actually did it herself. She paid off my car. Wow. <laughs> so what do you do as a mommy dom? Like, mm-hmm. like, what is a mommy dom? Like, what do you do? So I am a caregiver um, or for this person. So now nah, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> so I tend to her as if she is her little age. So I'm like, wake up, princess. It's a new day. Like I wake, I wake her up. I send her a text message. Now, now, mind you, she lives in Florida. I am in Georgia. She is planning to come here. Her and her daddy Dom are coming here to stay for like a week. Um, Which you? Uh, we're going to get Airbnb. And we're going to make some content and stuff. So uh, she is part of the spanking community. They all are. So that should be fun. But uh, in regards to our day-to-day activities, I wonder why she's texting me. Probably nothing. Not, you don't need anything right now. She's probably asking me what I'm doing. But um, we wake up. She's Child, just like, you know, I can't can stop I smiling. <laughs> she's just like, can I have a snack? And I'm like, absolutely not. You're going to have breakfast because that's the most important meal of the day. I, I'll get on FaceTime with her while she cooks. Or either she will send me a picture of, you know, what she's going to make or what she is eating. Um, aside from that, uh, I asked, you know, what are we going, what are we doing today? She works. She works at a daycare, which is ironic for her to be in the right place. But um, she What's works. She? she works two jobs. She helps out with the household. She reached out to me and asked me, "What do you need? How can I serve you? What are the things that you need?" Because I like to please you. Me and her do not have a sexual relationship. Will but, you have a sexual uh, relationship with her? No, mm-mm, that's my baby. Mm. But um, she helps out with the bills and everything. She's just like, can you give me a breakdown of the things that I need to do like by this week? What do you need from me? What type, she of, asked, what type of daycare does she work at? <laughs> she, Let me find out the money at the daycare. She has been in childcare uh, for quite some time. And she does make good money. Um, Clearly. And, Shit. Uh, yeah, she she's good. She's really good to me. And outside of that, we do have movie nights now. She loves Lilo and Stitch. She loves Jojo Siwa. She loves putting her hair in bows. She loves candy. She loves pizza rolls and will eat them nonstop unless I reprimand her. Um, but she's not the Disney looking at those types of movies things. We watch true crime when we uh, interact as a family or <laughs> when we FaceTime. Um, but she does like baking cookies and sweets and she does get into mischief and sometimes she speaks out of turn which I have to go ahead and correct and give punishment when necessary it's just watching uh, adult child pretty much but do you ever think like outside of like this being your profession do you ever think about where this stemmed from um, for me well we'll get well, to you later me, but for her okay or just for anybody that uh, wants to be that's in this the mommy dom into mommy dom or daddy dom, like do you ever think like like did something uh, happen or 
So not all kinks are rooted from trauma. Right. However, some of them, some traumas do play a part or a role into how this person has a kink. Mm-hmm. But it may not be rooted in trauma. So with her, she's adopted and she didn't really have like a mommy and daddy figure growing up. Uh, she's adopted by her cousin, um, mm. who was a family member, but it's still not the same right. as a mom. And her parents died before like she hit the age of 18. So this oh, was wow. something that she had needed. Right. Um, and she reached out to me for it. She had reached out to a couple of mommy doms and they wanted to use her as a service sub, like someone who would be cooking and cleaning and washing the clothes and taking care of their biological kids. And I'm like, that is not what a little is supposed to do. You need between the ages of zero and two. Get a service sub. If, yeah. Like but you also little, uh, littles ain't supposed to be paying no bills at the age of two now. <laughs> at all. But this is something that she wanted to do. I yeah. didn't tell her that there was anything monetary that she needed to provide. She told me that this is something that she wants to do because she she thinks that I deserve to look good and to be happy. Right. And that, in my but you opinion, also probably make her feel safe, though. I do. And yeah. she comes to me for everything. Like, she'll call me at the drop of the dime, like, hey, can you help me with this? And I'm happy to help her. It's not like it's a chore or right. what does this person want? She gives me space to be in my vanilla lifestyle whenever I need that space. However, right. she knows that she can come to me for anything. Right. And I mean, I'm her protector. Like, that's my baby girl. So uh, she's not going anywhere. Right. At first, I was adamant on taking littles in the first place because it's a responsibility taking care of a child. So imagine an adult one who knows what they should be doing, but they're going to be doing the opposite. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I have to get punishment whenever necessary, but it's not too much. Um that may be too much for her, but in my opinion, I think I'm fair. I think I'm more than fair. <laughs> That's what all moms say, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Especially Black moms. <laughs> yeah. So I can only imagine the amount of research that you do. Because I would assume that you would have to stay on top of all the latest trends and tech- techniques, right? Yeah, that. And also because the fetish lifestyle is just, you can go down a rabbit hole. Right. And there's no, I don't want to say that there's no right or wrong way to do things, but just keep in mind that your perspective of how to perform or engage with the kink may be different from someone else. Mm, um, right. I definitely ask, I do my research online, I read books, I actually go to other subs and ask about their experiences with their dom, uh, what are some things that you are working on. I'm cool with subs um, that You're are really thoughtful. Own. Thank you. If you are owned, <laughs> I do not reach out. I will go ahead and ask your dom or your owner or your handler for permission to speak with that person individually. Or I will just go ahead and speak to the dom because I'm not allowed to speak to their sub. That's who they engage with. Mm. Um, but it's important to do research. Um, and what would happen if she does go outside and, don't, oh, and doesn't get your trouble for that? Yeah. I've, I've been on FaceTime with her where me and her daddy dom have made her stand in the corner like and do wall sits for like an hour wow and that's just for a little punishment my punishments get a little bit severe and sadistic i'm gonna say this so i thrive on the uh and i get pleasure from other people's pain anyway so i try to be a little bit gentle to her because she is a little that anybody else can get the smoke right which we're gonna get into later yeah i um i also mentor other doms because i know how difficult it can be to navigate through the fetish community on your own right and why not work smarter instead of hard granted sex work is definitely work 
it is something that you have to be consistent in For doing sure. and to reap the benefits. However, I'd rather show you like, hey, don't do this because you'll make a mistake. And this is a tried and true mechanism that will actually get you to get the money you deserve. I have a a, a, a mentee, her name is uh, Taurus. Shout out to Taurus if you're going to be listening to this. She took my course. And I think like maybe one or two weeks later, she had a $2,000 virtual customer. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to so, take your course too. <laughs> shit. Shit works. It but works. I think she, the reason why you're did. like... I think the reason why you're like that, though, is because your mentor was like that with you. Yeah. And that's trying to be personable because nobody yeah. ever knows anything. I'm a forever student. And if I don't know some Same. shit that my mentees are asking, I'm going to make sure I'm going to go ask somebody else. Right. Um, either a trusted mentor that I feel is uh, vetted and uh, responsible and has a good reputation in this community and has not been red listed. And someone I know with the experience, I definitely reach out to people, especially when I don't know something. Right. I'll be like, hey, I'll be right back. Because I don't want to give anybody the wrong information. That's how you can hurt people and yourself. Yeah, for sure. So how do you ensure the safety and well-being of your clients during sessions? And what protocols do you have in place to ensure that everyone involved, including yourself, has given informed consent? Consent, consent, consent. That is the key word. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, like, let's just say, like, if a customer or a client reaches out to me and they fill out the in-person session application right? Um, in my lake. There are a list of questions that I need to be able to know and address before we even talk about negotiations or vetting. Right. Um, and some of these are important. Well, all of them are important. So, I mean, aside from asking, you know, how long you've been in the lifestyle, please enter your contact information. Um, I'm asking things as far as they're a little bit more in-depth. Um, not even about where you found me or what's your session budget. Um, what are your hard limits? Because I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt either one of us. And I also want to respect your boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and I ask, you know, to list any types of kinks and names that you may find offensive to you. I definitely do not want to call you a cum dumpster if that's not what you prefer to be called. You may be used as one, but you may want me to speak to you like this. Right, right. And I actually speak to my clients like this. They know to yield to my authority without me having to yell at them because they know I'm going to bring the smoke. But um, I do ask about, you know, do you have any medical or med mental health issues or concerns or conditions that I should know about? I mean, it's that's not, important. Yeah, it's not used to like discriminate or anything, but I want to help navigate our arrangement in like the best way possible. And you want to protect so yourself. It's not yeah, and I I carry during my sessions. Oh, like, I'm I already know you got your piece on you at all times, baby. <laughs> all times. My Glock 19 makes sure that she accompanies me when, when I'm When I heard house. that, I but, said, nah. nah. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I try to tell people that, you know, hey, like your kink is not a mental illness or it shouldn't prohibit you from doing anything. However, if you have one, just let me know. Let a bitch know, please. Like it's it's not to go ahead and say, well, this can't happen. Right. It's just a way for us to navigate our arrangement because consent is key. And consent not only happens before the session, it's during the session. And then we talk about it after the session during our aftercare, which is subject to different customers. And every your aftercare session is going to be different right. depending on whatever your kink is or whatever you want it to be. Um, and I just ask that, you know, if people are into like the kinks that they listed, like if you find it fulfilling and arousing, cool. If you're doing it as a form of self-harm, not cool at all. Yeah. EDSM and the subcommunities are a great lifestyle to adopt, but it should never be used uh, with the intention of hurting anybody or hurting yourself or mm-hmm. someone else. If you are struggling with that, and I have that in my application, I'm like, if you're struggling with that, holler at me in the DM. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of people, they have vanilla issues. Like, and I'm talking about, you know, just regular life shit. They're adulting just like I am. Yeah, We're going through hard. this life shit together. Life right. is freaking hard. Life be um, life and child. But if you need to message me as a friend because you are using like kink life to navigate from your vanilla issues because right. your life is less, that's not cool. I prefer that you reach out to me and we talk about this before we even engage in a session. We may not even engage in one. I may have to go ahead and refer you to a therapist. Mm. And I don't mind doing so. Right. Um, but consent is is something that is needed throughout. If at any time during the session or scene that we are doing, you feel uncomfortable or I can gauge that you were in pain and you're trying to bear and take it, I'm stopping the scene altogether. Mm. Um, some people you ain't trying to catch nobody. Hell no. <laughs> and in some cases, and with with there are extreme kinks, I may have to go ahead and draft up a um agreement just saying, you know, hey, this is something that we are both consenting to. This is a negotiation. You have the obligation to go ahead and tap out of this by using a safe word or a color scheme at any time. So if you tell me yellow, I'm going to go ahead and like back off a little bit. If you tell me red, scene is over. We're not doing this because I want to make sure that you are good. I do not want sex sent me to the ER. That's the last thing that I want for either of us. Right. But it's uh, the application is geared to protect me. Um, it's also geared to protect the person that's applying mm-hmm. and then their contact information is given to one of my subs, an alpha sub who is in the police um, department. I'm gonna, not going to say which one or which state. Oh yeah, don't give, yeah, can we ain't trying to have him get fired. He will run my background checks for me to ensure that the person is who they say they are and there are some uh, procedures that I follow uh, prior to um, or in, including of to when I get to the particular scene because I don't host. I travel. Mm. No one comes to me. I'm a I'm an outcall. So. <laughs> so wait. So what are your hard limits? So 
hard limits for me. Don't ask me about no. Somebody actually act, like did, and they actually want to pay me a lot to like make scat brownies. I'm not going to be making them. They're going to take my stuff and use them. I've sold my pee before, so I'm not, you know. But you were selling your shit too. I would sell my shit too. I sell my Brazilian wax uh, shavings. I sell my toenail clippings, my old um, house slippers. Like the ones I got on now are about to like, instead of throwing them in a jar in the garbage, why don't I just like sell them for like $50? And but I how much did you sell your shit them. for? How much is shit going for these days? <laughs> it really depends. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> it really depends. I've sold my pee for about $50 to $100 an ounce. Oh, and I got some pee. Let's drink mad water. Look, and I'm like, hey, don't use this for drug test because I, I can't help you with that. But um, there are a lot of things in the community. Old, worn socks. I'll go to the gym and wear the same sock for a week. Mm. The same sock. And that is disgusting. But I'll put it in a sheen bag or a Ziploc and I'll ship it off to you for $100. And they like it. But you know what's so funny? I remember when there was a time where girls were going to Dubai to get shitted on for like mad money. Do you remember that? Yeah, they still are apparently. I don't even think that that's actually stopped. Really? <laughs> oh, because I don't hear um, much about it no more. I think due to the shame that it has gotten, people are probably doing it a little bit more discreet. Um, I'm, I don't want to go to Dubai to get shitted on. Now, I will gladly go over there to shit on somebody. Yes. Would you really shit on somebody that. though? Yeah, I would. No problem. <laughs> It's a hard limit for me because I hate the smell and I hate the way it looks. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, so right. that's why I don't do it. But um, other than that, medical play and night play. Because um, I don't know. When it comes to blood, the way that it is drawn, like, even, I can't even look at my blood when I get my blood work done. I have to look away because I'm right. just getting conscious. And it's too much. Right. But if I do impact play, meaning if I spank you or flog you or beat you and you happen to be bloody, I will use your blood and go ahead and paint on a canvas, like finger paint from that. And then I'll give it to you as a joke. Yeah, I got to sign up for your, I got to I gotta see these videos, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am intrigued. It's a lot that you can do. So I would just say, just don't put yourself in a box when it comes to the BDSM lifestyle because you can literally get lost in it if you just explore. I go right. to Munchies, which is like, uh, it's a gathering where kinksters go uh, in a vanilla setting where we can talk and socialize amongst each other. Mm -hmm. That is not the same as vetting or negotiating. You're just having dinner or lunch with someone. It's a way in order to network with people that you could potentially play with. Right. Um. And that's how I always, I, I, end up, I um, end up playing with others as well in the form of lifestyle sessions. So any type of major events or munches, or if you have to go to a dungeon or if someone's having a slave auction at their home where they auction off their services and we give that money to charity, I'm all the way into that. Right. I'm, and that's how we play together. But anybody who's just like, hey, I got to keep this one hush and it's discreet. My wife can't know. Nobody can know. I'm in a position of power. This cannot get out. Oh, you're paying. You're paying for privacy. Right. Well, about. yeah. I'm going to charge you for it. I'm not leaving that yeah, house I'm, less than three. You got to pay for privacy. I'm taxing that ass. <laughs> okay. I don't leave my house for less than three fifty. I don't care if it's just to kick you in the nuts or just to spit on you for five minutes. Three fifty is the least. And that is actually a low ball. My services generally go between three fifty to five hundred. Mm. The most that someone has paid. 
someone's paid a thousand. It was a girl, um, a stud, and I got a chance to pay her. And she paid a thousand? She paid a thousand. What's your most expensive um service? Uh, pegging, because that shit takes a lot of work. You know what's so funny? My next question was, because <laughs> I noticed that pegging has grown, is getting really popular. Yeah. So have you noticed this trend among your clients? Like, is this something that you... Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I have told people, because people are like, oh my God, you do that? I'm like, yo, it's just a prostate massage. You're just getting your prostate massage. And this is one of the reasons why I really don't take men as seriously because your G-spot is in your ass. How dare you yell at me or tell me what you, the fuck you think you're going to do or whatever like that. Right. But anyway, um, I get a lot of men who are like, yo, I want to try it. Or, hey, I've done this before and I actually liked it. I can't tell nobody else, but at least I'm comfortable telling you. Or, mm-hmm. you know, can we do a session that way? The last booty hole I had, I ripped. And he was cool about it. <laughs> he was He was fine. He, he was fine. I, I fixed him up. I, you know, made sure that he didn't walk out here super. What you be doing? You be going in like that? I, I think it was a while for him. And my, I have three uh, dildos. That one was like pretty bit. It was pretty girthy. Um, it's not as long as like my 10 inch one, but it is eight. And it has like a, I guess the, the girth is like two and a half inches, maybe three. Um, and I wasn't even going hard as I usually do. And I will say pegging is a workout. You know how of we can, how men complain that, oh my God, like I'm all, you can't get on top. And we're like, no, I can't do that. And everything. Men be putting in work. And that shit made me like, I'm like, all right, I see what y'all saying now. Right. Because I'm the one that's putting people in different positions. I'm putting their legs up and everything. If you go on my Twitter media, I'm going to retweet some uh, videos that I've done. You'll be able to see that I got these niggas in different positions. That shit is a workout. I don't wish How that type that make... of for anybody who ain't prepared for it. Right. How does that make you feel? Like, do you Empowered. feel... Yes. I be slapping ass and all. I be telling them, call me daddy and everything. I have their leash on when I'm doing it so I can pull them back and rear them into me. I'm like a combination between Justice Slayer and like a little bit of Brian Pumper or Wesley Pipes because I do get disrespectful. I start saying crazy shit to you to mind fuck you while you're getting the experience you deserve. But you gonna enjoy it. Hey y'all, the fact that you and I can only imagine the type of niggas that you're fucking like, because you in the South. So I know niggas is like big niggas. A lot of the majority of them black men, which I love. I love being a safe haven for them in order to Mm -hmm. explore the kinks and fetishes. Um, a lot of these men come in positions of power. Um, they're in professions where no one gets to tell them what to do. They're either cops, they're lawyers, uh they are engineers. They are preachers. My first customer down here was a pastor. Well, hold on. We're going to get to that. We're going to get into that. We're going to get but to that. These are, these are professions where they are wearing the hat all the time. Right. So they can be in order to take it off because they're like, y'all, I don't want to feel like that shit all the time. Like, I got to govern, like, when I go to work and then I got to govern the house when I come home. So they come to me for a release. And it's appreciated. Mm-hmm. This concludes part one of this week's episode. Please stay tuned for part two, which will be dropping next week. 
The Professional Homegirl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.